Well, if you're going to invest, you'll need a an investment portfolio. How do you go about building one up? Stephen Pritchard is going to take a look at that today. We're also going to check out the market, our market update with Henry Jennings. And currencies and commodities. We'll see just how the market is travelling. To NURFM's Thursday Finance coming up next. Stephen Pritchard, we're talking about what's happening with currencies, what's happening with commodities, can we travel? If we could, would we be doing well? And how's the gold stack going? Well, we can't travel. I, I was thinking of that the other day. I, th- I think the only state we can actually go to is the ACT. <laughs> yes. I don't think we can go to South Australia, the Northern Territory, Queen, definitely not Queensland. You wouldn't want to go to Victoria anyhow. <laughs> and you can't go to Tasmania. So, 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 um, yeah, or, yeah. or WA. So, 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 you know. Plenty of New South you could Wales. Go New South see. Wales or ACT, right. and I think that's it. So, so the Australian currency is the same wherever you go. So it doesn't matter. So anyhow, the price of gold was down twenty seven dollars and fifty five cents an ounce to oh. two thousand six hundred twenty six. So your gold bangles are worth less, Joan. And the uh, crude oil price was down at five dollars and thirty eight cents an ounce to. $5.38 a barrel to $55.65. Um, the currency, the Australian dollar continued to strengthen a bit during the week to uh, 72.76 US cents, um, 55.96 great British pence and uh, 61.59 euros. Mm. So uh, um, imports have become a bit cheaper. Um, exports have become more expensive to export. Um so, but we're not going overseas. Trips would be a bit cheaper, but we're not going overseas anyhow. So, so it's all about what we can import, what we can export. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and and there seems to be a problems getting stuff imported at the moment, not only from um, uh, China, but from also from some European countries as well. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so Germany. <clears throat> what are they not wanting to send us things or? Oh, I was just told that the, you know, there's problems. Um, mm. German cars are getting harder to obtain. and Okay. Give uh, up the idea of the new Beamer. Give up the mm. idea of the new Beamer, Audi, Volkswagen. Mm. What else comes from Mercedes. German? Mercedes. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes. None of those. Um, anyhow, the oil orders market was uh, was down um, on the week 172.7 to 6,128. Um, S&P 500 was down 56 to 3,398. And the UK index FTSE was up 162 points to 6,012. Mm. So that's it. Okay. Um, Local investors are probably all poorer, with BHP down forty two cents to thirty seven dollars and nineteen. Uh, CBA was down one dollar and four to sixty seven dollars and fourteen. Uh, NIB was down twenty eight cents to four dollars twenty two, and Telstra didn't move more or less at two dollars ninety. So um, mm. pretty. Okay. Poor on local mm. stocks. Um, Newcastle fuel price: the dollar ten point one cents a litre, which is similar to last week. A dollar thirty four cents per litre in Sydney, mm. which is a big gap. Um, diesel price in Newcastle: a dollar twenty one, and in Sydney: a dollar sixteen point nine. And that's our look at the things we spend our monies on, and the, <laughs> the things that we. Uh, well, it's might interesting. Use people aren't spending. People aren't spending money. The, uh, so the retailers. You know, uh, have yeah, the household again. income's gone up, but the consumption's gone down. So the only other places, um, you know, people are reducing their their mortgages, their credit card, and putting cash in the bank. So the overseas money that's been spent on overseas travel is 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 all being ploughed back into the local economy. 
And it is Thursday Finance and time for our look at the market, our in-depth look at the market. And uh, hello to Henry Jennings with Stephen Pritchard here, of course. Hello, Henry. Hi, Jane. Hi, Stephen. So the market's bouncing all over the place again. Tech (laughs) tech wreck or not quite a tech wreck, but, but, but then we're back up. Well... Backup is a relative term, Stephen. We're well, it was back. It was green when I left the office to come it's over here. It's still green, but not a lot of green, and the banks have sagged. Um, we're up 24 points, so it's hardly what you would call a convincing bounce. And we've okay. got U.S. futures down again, but we'll take any bounce, I guess, from uh, from what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. And this is something that I've, I've written about in the last week or so. You know, September's a tough month for the market. The U.S. guys come back jollies in the Hamptons mm-hmm. and the Greek mm-hmm. Islands or wherever they've been allowed to go and they're all grumpy as, as hell um, and they've all left their minions to run the business while they've been away mm-hmm. and their minions don't tend to make the big decisions, they just follow the other minions so they push the market up and then these US big fund managers get back from their holidays and look at it and go you did what? You paid that for that? You must be bonkers mm-hmm. and then you get a bit of a wobble as these guys start to sort out their portfolios again especially given that this is going to be possibly one of the most interesting quarters we've seen for a long time. So, um, and September's just a, a bad month. And of course, then they got back from Labor Day, which is the official end of summer and the official end of driving season. I'm always puzzled why the U.S. has a driving season. A driving season? Is that where they drive around the country? Or is yep, that golf? That is. No, no, it's not golf. It's where they actually drive around the countryside like the Leyland Brothers and visit their um, tourist attractions and go on their vacations. Oh. But they have an official driving season. <laughs> oh, well, we've learned something new on finance today. There you go, you mm-hmm. see. So they're all a bit cranky at the moment, having come back from Labor because, Day at the end of summer. Because so. well, we're really coming up to the bad, the really bad month is October. That's when all no, the crashes, it's not. That's no, when all the crashes happen. No, but if you look historically, yes, October's had crashes, being 29, 87, etc., etc. But over a long period of history, it actually is not one of the worst months. In, oh, fact, well. in fact, September is one of the worst months. Um, it just happens to be that the high-profile events have happened in um, in October. But we had a we've had an official correction in the Nasdaq index in September, fastest ever, I think, down 10. percent Oh well. We've learned another thing today. There you go. That's, that's the whole point of having me on, isn't that's it? That's right. That's always <laughs> yeah. interesting. And then, yeah. so, of course, uh, Grandcorp uh, took out um, that insurance policy last year at the, the bottom of the harvest market, and uh, and this year the harvest has boomed, so they've got to pay $70 premium. <laughs> that's perverse, isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess that goes to the, the problem with agricultural stocks generally, no, excuse me, if, if they're so dependent on the weather. Mm-hmm. And what one, what you're going to do one year and, and do well out of, um, the following year you might get absolutely stitched up with. So it, it's very hard business agriculture. With um, Graincorp, of course, they floated off or demerged their malt group. Yes. Which, which was the... Um, which was one of the, the saviours, I guess, in the business because it was it was very exposed to the craft beer market, which um, we've seen a renaissance across the world in, in craft beers. And unfortunately, um, you know, they, they have a, a stake in that still, but um, it is now a separately listed thing. 
But um, yeah, Graincorp can't really turn a trick, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tough, tough being in that business. Yes, and of course over at First State Super, they've decided to um, become some kind of telco infrastructure provider, mm. uh, bidding for Opticom at the last minute. This was a this was quite a, a weird departure, I think, for a um, for a superannuation uh, fund um, to kind of go direct and and actually bid for the for the company. Uh, I think it's the Victor Kiam trade, isn't it? it mm-hmm. was, they liked it so much they bought the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was weird because they trumped um, Unity, which had been uh, previously the highest bidder, and looking all set to capture the hearts of the Opticon people. And then these guys lobbed a higher bid. It is one of these non-conditional, non-binding, on the back of an envelope, we hope that we can do it, but we're not guaranteeing it kind of deals. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it has thrown a little bit of a spanner in the works, that's for sure. Thursday Finance and in the middle of our market update with Henry Jennings. And Stephen Pritchard, you said something about Seven Group. Yeah, and there was speculation that Seven Group was going to you know, bid for Seven West Media and put it out of its uh, misery, but uh, <laughs> that's all been denied now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess Kerry Stokes is, um, you know, owning a TV station is not quite the the, um, the thing that it used to be, I guess. Mm. Um, it hasn't quite got the same sort of impact when we've got so many competing sources of information, good and bad, but certainly Seven West Media has been on a slippery slope um, 12 and a bit cents at the moment. A very oh, it's up a bit. It's up a bit, isn't it? Um, well, I'd... 13. <laughs> no, no, I think it was down to 8 at one stage. Oh, I see. <laughs> it was, it actually got down to uh, 6.2 yes. in April in the madness, um, but it has been perking up a little bit, but it did get up to 15 and a half recently. Oh. oh. But oh. Um, yeah, it's um, 12.2. Five was the last trade, mm. but uh, yeah, no, it looks like um, Seven Group, which is the more of the mining services, the Caterpillar franchise, West Track, that kind of thing, um, is not that interested in rescuing its little baby no. TV brother. So they obviously sent their little baby TV brother out in the world on its own, Seven West Media. Well, well I think the, the baby TV brother was actually there first, yes. and they, then they created Seven Group. Um, and floated that, and then Big Brother has, well, the little brother has surpassed the Big Brother, and now um, Seven Group is the Big Brother, and West Media is the little one. Yes, they still got the newspaper in there. Yeah, I think they still yeah. got the West Australian yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. And of course, this interesting stock that I, I kind of half knew what it was, but I didn't realise. Um, you know, what it actually did until I saw that its valuation has now gone to 1.4 billion mm. and it's got some artificial intelligence chip mm. and it had revenue of 13,000 last year. Mm. Well, I actually was a shareholder in this one. Oh, and, excellent. You've made and, some good uh, money. A, a tiny little parcel which I'd had for donkey's years. I saw them present and thought, oh, this looks really exciting, artificial intelligence. Etc. And I think I bought them at 14 cents. They went down to four and languished there for many a long moon. And suddenly they've gone nuts. Um, I've sold mine, I must admit. Um, <laughs> Hopefully but, at a decent, uh, a decent time. price. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's what's called a four bagger. Um, yes, well, that's all right. So it's taken a little while, I have to say, but it has gone absolutely nuts. The valuation is crazy. The, the thing that's really set them off is um, they did a deal with a group called Virago. These guys basically do, um, uh, they're trying
trying to design a new chip which actually mimics the human uh, brain in terms of how it recognises things, facial recognition. It's a, it's a neural spiking network chip, um, and there's lots of buzzwords in there. But this Virago deal um, included the, the great buzzwords. Um, it included a whole string of buzzwords, actually. Um, but really and truly, the good ones were the fact that it was artificial intelligence in space. It had a NASA program for neuromorphic processor that met space space flight requirements. Mm -hmm. So you've got a whole you've got a whole heap of fantastic buzzwords in there. Yeah, so it's um, a lot of big words that we don't understand. Well, a lot of big words that we don't understand, which is why it went to a capitalisation of, of uh, extraordinary um, size. Um, it did nearly hit a dollar. It's back down to seventy eight cents. Um, previous to this chip that they've been designing, they've been using their facial recognition software in casinos to uh, to spot dodgy characters that are gaming the system and doing a, a Rain Man, mm. counting the cards or whatever. And uh, that's where their revenue has come from. Oh, okay. but, but, but this Akita um, neural network chip has always been the great white hope for okay. the company. And certainly it seems to be getting some traction and enough to capture the imagination of the herd, which we're seeing a lot of at the moment. So, yes. Mm. And we'll, so we'll, we'll see if it, you know, what, what happens from here. It, it could be and I've written about this one quite a lot in the newsletter recently, it could be the next big thing. And if you look at um, NVIDIA, uh, NVIDIA rather, um, which is the big US uh, chip maker, they've just come out with a new chip for games, um, and that's capitalised at $330 billion US. Oh, wow. Is, has it got any revenue? Oh, yeah. It's oh, got excellent. lots. Oh, it's, okay. <laughs> it's got lots. More than 13,000. It's got a lot more than 13 grand. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll come, we'll come back next week and talk about the next big thing between that and then, now and yeah, then. Yeah, it'd be nice to know what it would be. It would be, yeah, if we could just get a crystal ball, Henry. Yeah. Just just get that works. Bring that with you next time, Henry. Okay. Yeah, I think mine's shattered. Okay. <laughs> Foggy day of, uh, Henry yes. Jennings from Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. He'll be with us again next week, Thursday Finance. Now, you might want to uh, take a little moment to think about your investment portfolio. And, okay, it's nice to have one. It's got a lovely ring to it. But how do you go about building one, Stephen um, Richard? Yeah, I think um, people are asking. I mean, nothing's really changed because of COVID. The same principles apply when building an investment portfolio. If, if you look at... Um, what, what's coming out of the national accounts, which we touched on earlier, that, that um, household income's actually gone up and spending has gone down, um, and particularly um, spending on overseas holidays has dropped to, to zero, and they're talking about billions of dollars a year. So that money must be going somewhere. A, it's going, some's going into um, household renovations, but a lot of it apparently is just piling up in, in bank accounts. So people who are piling up this money... Um, um, might think about um, investing it, so the, the same principles apply. I mean, you need to decide how much you how much you have got to invest, or how much you want to invest. And then, of course, the most important thing after that is to decide what risk you want to take. Investment's all about risk and return. That the higher, the potentially higher returns you get, the potentially higher risk you take. Yeah, you know, if you want something um, that 
the, the safest thing that, that the average investor can get is probably um, the safest thing is um, uh, a term deposit with a with a bank. If you limit that or an ADI now, as they're called, um, maximum of two hundred and fifty thousand. Um, you, you've got the going guarantee behind that. So, and that's probably the safest thing that the the average type investor can access. You can also buy Commonwealth bonds that are listed on the ASX, but you've got some. Um, variation in the price you pay and you buy and sell for those depending on movements in interest rates. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're at one end they're of the market. They're really safe. And what's at really the safe. other end? The other end of the market, you've got your type of growth assets like your property, your equities, um, your international equities, and they're all, all the higher risk assets and, 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 and more, um, more more risk and more return because above that you've actually got leverage type assets which the the average investor probably should steer clear of um such as futures contracts and options and 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 you know they're they're potentially very high returns but also potentially very big losses and you can actually lose more than you invest on those so so we'll just stick for the 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 people in the middle at the moment so after you decide about um you know what what type of investor you are, and, and really you've got to think about how much you're prepared to lose. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If, if if you don't want to lose any money, uh, you want something safe. Stick to your term deposits. Um, yes. What is your what is your what is your time frame now? If you look at history, um, the long year investment, the long year your your time frame is the more the averages move your way. Um, your way um, in the the riskier asset sectors such as equities and property, um, and there's plenty of charts around that you can have a look. Um, you know, there's plenty of um, Vanguard has some charts on their website, and you can actually it's quite good. You can actually go in and put in various asset allocations, and it will tell you the return if you'd invested those over a period of time. So you need to think about that, and then you look at. So you need to think about how much time you want to have the investment. How much time? How much? What risk you want to take? Which yes. is depending on your asset allocation classes, which is cash at the bottom end and equities and property at the top, mm-hmm. um, and then your time frame. And the longer the time frame there is, the more you can move towards those riskier assets because if you look at history, um, the longer the time, the, the better your, or your better your chances of, of doing well out of those. But it does play to a certain extent on the age you are when you start this investment portfolio. Oh, well, yeah? the time frame, you know. You, you know if, if a 90-year-old wandered into the office and wanted to invest in equities, we'd probably try and talk them out of it unless it was for their children or grandchildren. Where, whether as if, you know, a 30-year-old wanted to do the same thing, um, you know, it's, it's just about, you know, what you're expected respected time frame is. That being said, we have got some some ninety year old clients who who've invested in equities for all their life, and they they yeah, and they're happy with that. They're happy. They've you know they've done all this all along. They know the ups and downs of the market. Yes, well, yes, not, that's a big thing, do, I suppose. Yeah, they're knowing not ninety. Another thing about their mid eighties. Yeah. So so you know it's all about the education and what you've done in the past, and 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 of course what you're working towards. I mean. You know, um, are you working to build up an income stream, purchasing a house, building a retirement nest egg? And once again, if you're looking at purchasing a house in the next two years, the best place for your money is probably in your, your, your term deposit or a high interest savings account, or even though these days a high interest savings account is only 1%. But you don't want to risk the capital on 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 this deposit. Something risky, yeah. yeah. You know, the, you, you put the money in the equity market and the equity market fall, could fall 10% next week. Mm. So, yes, so, you can't yeah, get yeah, it back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get it back in the week after most probably. So um, what, what you're looking at um, doing with the money um, and how long, you, how long you're wanting to invest it from. Yeah. Yeah. 
So okay. after that, uh, yeah. we've yeah. got um, your typical asset classes are your cash, your fixed interest, um, Australian shares, um, property and international shares. So they're your typical things that the average investor um, would look at, at would look at um, accessing in their portfolio. Okay. We can talk a little bit more about those in just a moment. Yes. We will. We will. We're not going anywhere. Your station to a new RFM Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard. We're talking about getting an investment portfolio together and um, working out what we Yeah, in so it. we were just talking about the asset classes. So mm. we've got the cash, which is basically your, um, your high interest savings accounts and term deposits at the bank. And, um, and it is always a good idea to have some cash. It's always a good idea to have some portfolio. cash. Ca- cash gives you options. Mm-hmm. Once you've got some cash there, you've got options to do things. And, and particularly if you've also got equities, um, recently we've gone through a lot of discounted capital raisings so you could buy shares cheap. And if you didn't have any cash, you've got a problem. Yes. Um, fixed yes. interest, um, which is um, things like bonds, um, Commonwealth bonds, corporate bonds. Um, some of those are listed on ASX now. Um, so you can buy them like you could a share uh, and some longer term term deposits. Um, so they're the type of fixed interest. And but of course, they are a little bit on the safer end, the less risky end. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, but so they're still they're, tradable. They're, well, it depends who issues them. Yeah. But yeah, well, term deposits, the longer term term deposits aren't easy tradable. That You yeah. have to go to the bank and get them to take a back at a... And I'll recalculate the interest rate, but um, the bonds and the um, Commonwealth bonds are all tradable, and you just get the market price in the day. Um, And the Australian shares, of course, they're shares, and and once again, um, you've got um, typical example. You've got um, shares in company like Woolworths. You know, Mm -hmm. unless people stop buying food. or, or, or for some reason no one goes to Woolworths, Woolworths is going to be there. It's going to have a, you know, you're not going to have a spectacular short-term increase in income. But but if people have had Woolworths from when it first listed, I think $2.40 or something, mm-hmm. and we're up now $35, $40, um, plus you've mm-hmm. done dividends along the way. And, of course, you say you've got those solid what you'd call blue-chip shares. And on the other, the other end of the market, you've got things like we were talking about before earlier with um, brain chip yes. that was four went from mm. four cents. I think Henry said to ninety one cents. Yes. Um, so you know, there's a great spectrum of um, types of shares, types of shares and risk to shares. Mm-hmm. And of course, property. Um, everyone thinks they know about property, but they really don't. Uh, <laughs> um, people regard property as low risk, but in a lot of cases, that's not true. I mean, and once again, you've got various types of property assets. Um, you've got you know, the, the residential houses that people buy for an mm-hmm. investment. And the real issue with those is um, you can't sell half a house if you want some money. No, that's yeah. true. And yes, you can't sell half a house. And it's got, all or nothing, and then yeah, you're at the yeah, mercy of the market. And yeah. mercy of the market, and you've got issues with tenants. Um, you've got listed property. You've got property trusts um, that invest in um, storage facilities, which seem to be hot flavour of the month at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. Ones that provide infrastructure for companies such as Amazon to rent their their, their warehouses and things. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, ones that are providing office buildings, which probably aren't so good, mm-hmm. um, and then shopping centres. Now, shopping centres is interesting because there's various types of uh, property trusts that invest in shopping centres. Um, the bigger ones that invest in the bigger centres aren't doing so well at the moment, but this, the shopping centre trusts such as Shopping Centres Australia, which invests in um, the smaller neighbourhood centres with the you know the Woolworths and the Coles and a few specialty shops, uh, have held up very well. 
um, because it's the ones, the shopping centres that have a large mix of, um, you know, fashion goods and um, mm. consumer discretionary expenses are the ones that are really suffering as people have cut down their spending. They've still got to buy food. They still have to go to the chemist. They still go to the baker. They still go to the butcher. Um, you know, they still go to the doctor. Um, those those centres with those tenant mixes have still done very well. And, and of course, these international shares, um, same as Australia, same risks as Australia. There's a really draft of, of different types of shares. You can get exposure in um, overseas companies that you can't get in, in Australia, such as um, biomedical companies and, and technology companies and, you know, what was the flavour of the month previously was stocks such as Apple and Google and Facebook, um, but but they seem to be um, coming off the boil a bit. And of course, you're wearing the exchange risk in those as well. So what you need to do is, is look at those um, those type of investments um, for a balanced portfolio, something like um, if you think you're a balanced investor, something like 50% in cash and fixed interest and 50% in the growth assets. And and as you come up to, say, um, someone who's more aggressive or, or prepared to take more risk, you might end up with something like 10% in cash and fixed interest and 90% in um, uh, those type of growth assets. So that that's what's all about. Um, you need to do some research um, before you, you know, and that doesn't mean you go down to the pub or the club or the bowling green or wherever you, the milk bar or wherever you are, or the local church, um, and, and, and someone's told you about this great hot stock. Um, that That's not investing, that's gambling. So, you, you know, there's, there's lots of newsletters around that you can subscribe to. Um, um, if you've got an account with a broker, brokers tend to have um, research. Um, but but it's like everything else, you know, if you want the quality research, you've probably got to subscribe to a, a newsletter or go to a full service, mm-hmm. um, um, full service broker who's got some research available. Um, and, of course, one of the other things is we always think don't be too greedy. Um, if you've made a good profit, particularly if you've doubled your money, we always encourage people to sell half the, half the stock. If you double your money... If you do buy a brain chip, get your capital back so you've got another play. Um, just in case. There's just a in case. Well, you've heard it, you know, it went from four cents to 91 cents, and here he says it's back to 70. So, yes. so, so you know, once the rumour disappears, it could easily go back to mm. to, to mm. 20 cents. So, anyhow, don't be too greedy there um, and, and think about selling when you've made some good profits along the way. And yes. you need to regularly review the portfolio. No portfolios set and forget. And that's partly because shares things change, change equities change, bonds change, values. interest rates change, yeah, everything change. changes, property changes. All even, those even, you know, change. property's going through a big upheaval at the moment. Yes. Oh well. And so now we've got a perfect investment portfolio. I don't know if perfect. We've got some. We <laughs> we've can go got to building one, one anyway. And uh, that is Thursday finance for today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.